Well, hey, good morning. How's everybody doing? All right. That's always the most encouraging part of my week. Just got to let you guys know that. Um, no, I'm just playing. But uh, man, I'm so glad you guys are here. If you're new this morning, my name's Zach. I'm the pastor here. And we want you to know this, that we may not know you. Uh, we hope to get a chance to meet you through our connection team and just people in our church today. Or I'd love to get a chance to uh, shake your hand as well uh, at some point this, this morning before you leave. But we want you to know this, that we may not know you personally. We've been praying for you, though. We've been preparing this time and planning for you to be here. So our prayer is that you, number one, is that you feel welcome, uh, you feel at home, um, and that God would speak to your life in a very personal and powerful way this morning. No matter where you might be on that journey of faith, whether you're a follower of Jesus, maybe you've got some questions about who God is, or maybe you're not sure there is a God. I'm so glad you're here because God has you here for a purpose. So we also want to welcome um, all those who are watching online in our live stream. Uh, if you're be traveling this summer um, at 11 o'clock uh, our time, uh, we're going to live stream our service. We do that every single week so you can jump in or you can also watch the podcast later on in the week um, and kind of catch up and stay connected even though you can't be here to what God's doing in our time. Hey, uh, take out your message notes. If you don't mind, I want you to follow along with me. If you um, are a fill-in-the-blank person, uh, those message notes will help you do that. Um, if you're a, I need a doodle so I don't stay, so I don't fall asleep this morning, uh, you can do that as well. I can't tell the difference whether you're taking notes or doodling so you don't fall asleep. So either way, it's going to be great. Uh, but we're starting this new series called Wisdom Works. And we're going to be looking at, over the course of the summer, for these next five or six weeks or so, um, what the Bible has to say to us about how to live our life and how wisdom wants to work and how wisdom can work in our life. And and here's the thing I believe and why this is an important series for us is that no matter who you are, no matter your age, no matter your background, no matter your, 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 uh, your race, no, no matter whether you're a follower of Jesus Christ or not, we all have something in common is that we're on the search for what works in life is that we want to find things in our life that we believe are going to help us to to have a better life, to be more successful, to be more satisfied, to be more hopeful. And so we're always looking for what works. And we do that in big ways and small ways. You know, for some, maybe what you're looking for right now is you're looking for that crash three-day diet that will make up for the fact that you've been eating like a pig like I have for the past nine months because you got a beach trip coming up in two days, right? And you're kind of like, all right, I need something. Like, I haven't really been focused on that, but now's the time. So you're like, okay, what is it? What's going to help me out? You know, for others, maybe you're a new parent uh, or maybe you're a parent in a new stage. So your kids move from, you know, maybe a, um, uh, an infant to a toddler, uh, from a toddler to a hellion uh, to, a, you know, a preteen, you know, like wherever they are. Right. And you're kind of like, OK, um, I, I, I maybe understood that. I have no clue what's happening here. So you're on the search right now for what's going to work to get little Johnny or little Julie to sit down and, and be quiet or not talk back or sleep through the night. And so you're looking around for that because you, you don't want to find this anything, you want to find what works. You know, for others, maybe you turned 40 like I did this year and you're kind of thinking, all right, well, one day I would like to maybe not have to work. um, But to do that, I'm going to need a lot more money than I have right now because my portfolio, I don't have one, but people say you should have one or whatever, you know, you're like saying, okay, I know it's not what it needs to be. So you're looking around right now saying, all right, how do I invest money the the right way? And you don't want to waste any time or waste any money. So you're trying to figure that out. You know, for others, maybe it's like, all right, we were trying to figure out a last minute vacation. Where's the best place to go? What's the best way to do it? When when should I go? When should I not go? All those kind of things. We're always looking for what works in life because we don't want to waste our time. We don't want to waste our energy. We don't want to waste our money. 
And what's great in the day and time we live is that we get a lot of help with that through social media and through, through things like that, through different apps and technology. We can actually go and find out things that help us determine whether or not this is something to invest in. You know, one of those is Yelp. How many people have ever used Yelp? All right. So Yelp is this, this thing where you can go on, right? And you can type in, so like the soup and taco to one of my favorite taco places in downtown Fredericksburg. And so I, you know, I just pulled that up and it's like, you know, so you can go in and you can get ratings, you can get reviews, you know, is the food worth it? Is the price good? Is the service good? And you can actually look on there and determine, Hey, is this worth my investment? And if you look on there and like, it's all negative reviews, you're probably thinking, well, I don't want to, I don't want to waste my time because I want to go to a place that's going to be a good experience. You know, Facebook has also started something like this with Facebook recommends, or you're looking for recommendations and you can ask people around you. So I follow a lot of you guys on Facebook and we're connected. And so I, you know, I kind of see people and asking about, Hey, you know, is there a good mechanic in the area? Is there, you know, where's the best place to go and get this, the best place to go and get that? Would you recommend a doctor, recommend a pediatrician? And what you're doing is you're looking for what works. You're, you're wanting the people that you know to chime in so you don't go to some place that's not going to work and you've wasted your time, you've wasted your money, you wasted your energy. And so while there's social media and things like that that can help with those smaller parts of life, the reality is this, is that we're also looking for what works with maybe some of the bigger questions of life, with questions of relationship, questions of work, and how does my vocation bring meaning to me? Can it bring meaning to me? You know, questions of relationships, questions of purpose and identity and, and all that kind of stuff. Because we, at the end of the day, I believe this about you, about me, no matter who we are, is that we want to know at the end of the day that we live the best life we could. That we didn't waste our time, we didn't waste our money, didn't waste our energy, that all the, the hard things we went through weren't things that we didn't have to go through because we made bad decisions. But we can look at it and say, I feel like I've found what works in my life. And so where we're going to come from in that search over these next weeks in the summer is, is that we want to point to what, what, what I believe and what we believe as a church as the ultimate place to find what works. We're going to look at God's Word. We're going to look at Scripture, look at the Bible. Specifically, we're going to look at an Old Testament book called Proverbs. And we're going to look with this idea, and this is really the question that, that we're going to seek out together is does wisdom still work? Here's what the Bible says about God and about wisdom. It says this in Proverbs 2, 6 8, that all wisdom comes from the Lord. And so do common sense and understanding. God gives helpful advice to everyone who obeys him and protects all those who live as they should. God sees that justice is done and he watches over everyone who is faithful. Now that verse contains an incredible promise for us. An incredible promise that, that I believe we need to hold on to. Because it says this, that all wisdom comes from the Lord. So does common sense and understanding. That the answer to these questions in life of what works, how do I do the right thing in the right time, in the right situation? How do I know I'm making the right decision? That those questions have an answer and the answer comes in the word of God. Now, you may not be at the point to say, okay, Zach, I believe that. Or, yeah, I'm living that, I'm trusting that. And that, that, that's completely cool because that's what we're going to do this summer. Because I'll let you in a little secret. There's people who have been following Jesus for a long time. They have that same question. There are times in life where I have that same question. Where I look at life and I go, okay, here's what I know about life. Here's what the Bible says. Does this still apply? 
like, you know, this was written, you know, a long time ago before, you know, Google, right? Well, Google says I should do this. God says I should do that. And, and we're trying to figure out like, okay, which one's really more relevant? Because does God's word still speak today? And that's the question. Does God's wisdom, does this wisdom still work? And my prayer is this, is that you'll find and that we'll find together more and more confidence in the fact that God's wisdom is timeless. That when God says that all wisdom comes from him, all common sense, all understanding, when, they, when he says that that is the reality, and that if we will look for his wisdom, we'll live out his wisdom, we'll learn from it, and then we'll, we'll, we'll live it out in our life, then, then he says that I'm going to protect you, I'm going to help you, I'm going to bless you. And that we can truly find that God's wisdom works in a way that no other wisdom can for our life. And so that's the journey we're going to be on. And so we're going to be looking at this book called Proverbs. So this morning, I kind of want to set up for you um, this series. I kind of want to introduce it to you. And so I want to talk to you about three things that we need to know about the book of Proverbs that are going to help us to understand what God wants to say to us through it. Kind of what is this book? What is this Proverbs? What, what, is it, what, is it, what is a proverb? What does it mean? And then I want to look at this one foundational idea that if we want to choose wisdom, if we want to choose to live in a wise way, to live in a good way, a just way, the best way possible, this one key idea that we have to build everything else upon according to what the Bible says. And I want to challenge you to join me in this journey that if we'll take the next five weeks or so and we'll really lean into what God has to say, will we find that God's wisdom still works? And my hope and prayer and my belief is that we will. And so let's look at this, the book of Proverbs. Three things that we need to know. Three things that we need to understand about this Old Testament book. The, the first one is this. So if you're taking notes, write this down. It is that Proverbs is a collection of sayings from Solomon, who was an ancient king of Israel. So Proverbs is, is a book that doesn't tell a story necessarily, like some of the books of the Bible. It, it's a book of sayings, of teachings, uh, of Proverbs. And here's, here's what it says in, in verse 1. It, it, the, the first several verses in chapter 1 of Proverbs kind of tells us what this is all about. It says, these are the Proverbs of Solomon, David's son, king of Israel. Well, so what's a proverb? Well, a proverb is simply a, a, a saying or a teaching. It's a, a short lesson, a, a, a word picture, you know, a metaphor with, with a meaning. It's, it's basically something that somebody wants to impart in like a Twitter type of way, like 140 characters. And so what you're going to find is as we go along this book of Proverbs, that the first part is going to be a lot of set up and a little bit more connected, but then you're going to get into it where it seems like every verse, every sentence is kind of one lesson after another. And that's really what it is. It's a collection of sayings. Now, it's a collection of sayings by, by primarily this guy named Solomon. Well, who was Solomon? Well, Solomon was the third king of the nation of Israel. He was the son of David. Now, if you know much about the Bible, or maybe you don't know much about the Bible, you've heard the story of David and Goliath. We're talking about that David, the, the, the boy who became king and who, you know, slayed and, and, and battled and, and defeated the giant and then became the king of Israel, the second king of Israel, who was a person, the Bible says, was a man after God's own heart. But if you know the story, he wasn't a perfect person. That David made some big mistakes in his life. One was, and probably the most famous of them, is that he had an affair 
he had an affair with a lady named Bathsheba. And the consequence for that affair was, is that, is that they became pregnant and David had her husband killed to try to cover up his wrongdoing. And their first son together died. Well, Solomon comes along and Solomon is the next son, the, the other son of David and Bathsheba, which if we just wanted to stop there, here's a cool thing about God. God doesn't want us to do wrong things. In fact, he tells us not to. There's consequences for that. But God can even use our biggest mistakes to do something good. See, it was David's mistake in this relationship between Bathsheba that actually led to this man named Solomon, who now we're going to see is collecting and saying wisdom that applies to our lives thousands of years later. God can take even our mess-ups in life, if we'll confess them to him, if we'll turn from them, if we'll seek to get back on the right track. He can even use the biggest mistakes in our life to bring himself glory and to do something good. So maybe you're here this morning and you're like, listen, I don't know about Proverbs, but I just know this, that that I've made some mistakes in my life and I don't know that God could ever use them. I'm not sure God could ever forgive me. David and Solomon are a perfect example that he can. And so Solomon becomes king. And of all the things that Solomon was known for, Solomon was known primarily and first and foremost for his wisdom. Look what it says about him in 1 Kings 4.29. It says, God gave Solomon very great wisdom and understanding and knowledge as vast as the sands of the seashore. In fact, his wisdom exceeded all of the wise men in the east and the wise men of Egypt. He was wiser than anyone else, including Ethan, the Ezraite, and the sons of Mahol, Heman, or Heman if you grew up in the 80s like I did, Calcol and Darda. His fame spread throughout all the surrounding nations. It says he composed some 3,000 proverbs and wrote 1,005 songs. So Solomon was, in his day and time, considered probably the, the, the wisest person on the earth. That he had a wisdom that everybody wanted to listen to. Like if it was in today's time, he would be the New York Times bestseller in in kind of self-help books. Like if he had, if he did the conference and traveled around about, you know, hey, here's how to live your life. Here's the right way to do this. Here's the best way to live. Like people would be going to listen to him because he would be considered the wisest person. That he would be the guy that today's show or the, the CBS morning show brings in to chime into cultural events because he had this reputation of being the guy that just had wisdom that applied to anything in life. And it says that he, as you keep going, he had wisdom and knowledge about all kinds of different stuff. It says he could speak with authority about all kinds of plants from the great cedar of Lebanon to the tiny hyssop that grows in the, from the cracks in the wall. So from like, you know, the sequoia trees in California to the weeds out in front of your house. Like he like knew all about that from big to small. Since he could also speak about animals and birds and small creatures and fish. Like he just, he knew everything. Now why those things, you know, like we listen to that and we're kind of like, he was like a grounds guy. You know what I mean? It's like, okay, that's cool. I mean, you know, he could speak about plants and, you know, animals and stuff like that, but how does that make him wise? Well, back in, in, in the day, those were things people cared about. It was like, listen, he cares about the things and knows about the things you want to know about, but he doesn't only just know them, he knows how to, how to live. And it says this, that in the kings from every nation sent their ambassadors to listen to the wisdom of Solomon. 
So Solomon is this guy who had incredible wisdom. Now, how did he get that wisdom? Well, that first Kings passage said that God gave it to him. Well, Second Chronicles chapter 1 tells us a little bit more about how that happened. Verse 7 says, That night God appeared to Solomon, and he said, What do you want? Ask, and I'll give it to you. That right there is every person's dream. God's showing up, right? Now Solomon's fixing to take over as the king of God's people, the nation of Israel. And God, the creator of all the world, sustainer of all things, comes to Solomon and says, hey, listen, what do you want? You ask for it, I'll give it to you. What would you ask for? Like if God said, listen, I'll give you whatever you want. You ask for it, I'll give it to you. What would you ask for? Solomon could have asked for wealth. He could have asked for power. He could have asked that all his enemies just fall dead and there would be no war and no hardship. He could have asked that his kids would behave, you know. I mean, he could ask that, you know, like that, that, that God would give him, you know, women or he'd give him fame. And like, you know, I mean, think about it. God says, whatever you want. And here's what he says. It says, Solomon replied to God, give me the wisdom and knowledge to lead them properly. So out of everything Solomon could ask for, he says, God, I just need wisdom. I want to lead your people well. And so in order to do that, I need to know what's right and wrong. I need to know what's good and bad. I need to know how to make right decisions. Now that in of itself shows that Solomon already had a level of wisdom that not everybody has. And he had a discipline not everybody has because he asked for that. Now here's what God does. God says, okay, I'll give you great wisdom. But because you asked that way, I'm going to give you a bunch of other stuff too. And Solomon was the wealthiest and the wisest person that had ever lived. And so Solomon then would write down these teachings, these sayings, these Proverbs. And and the book of Proverbs is a collection of his teaching. It's primarily from him. There's some other wise people and some of their stuff that's in there. But primarily, scholars believe that these are words of Solomon, this wise person. Now, what's their purpose? So Solomon wrote them, but then what does the Bible say about the purpose? Look at verse 2 and 3. It says that their purpose is to teach and instruct in daily living. So the purpose is that the Bible, really the, the Proverbs, that they're supposed to teach you and instruct you how to live from day to day. Look what it says. It says their purpose is to teach people wisdom and discipline, to help them understand the insights of the wise. Their purpose is to teach people to live disciplined and successful lives, to help them do what is right, just, and fair. So the purpose of why the book of Proverbs was created why all of these wise sayings were put together, why it's in the Bible, God's word, is so that we can look to it and we can learn about how to live our day-to-day lives. This is a book that's not just about theory. It's not just about ideas. It's a book that, that, that applies to and that is directed to how we live on Monday, how we live on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. It's like day-to-day type stuff. And the Bible teaches, it says, that that it wants to give wisdom and it wants to give discipline. 
So let's talk for a minute about the difference between wisdom and knowledge. Because we need to make this distinction to really understand how Proverbs is designed to work in our life and its purpose. See, a lot of people go after knowledge, and knowledge is a good thing. And so here's what knowledge is according to the dictionary. Knowledge is information gained through experience, reasoning, or acquaintance. So knowledge is the stuff that we know. It's the stuff that we learn. It's the the facts. It's the figures. It's the the information. So knowledge is, is, is learning about things. But wisdom is different than knowledge. Wisdom, according to the the dictionary, says this, that wisdom is the ability to discern or judge what is true, what is right, and what is lasting. So knowledge is knowing about things. Wisdom is knowing how to apply things. Knowledge is knowing information, but wisdom is knowing what to do with that information. And write this down because this this is a, a big principle that we need to understand is that you can have knowledge without wisdom, but you can't have wisdom without knowledge. So you can have knowledge without wisdom. You can be book smart. You can be Trivial Pursuit Jeopardy Champion smart, right? I mean, like you can know something about everything. Somebody's like, what about this? I know this. What about that? I know that. You can know that and still be a very unwise person. Intellect and intelligence doesn't make you a wise person. You can have knowledge and know and not not do anything with it. So like you can know where the best mechanic might be in town, but wisdom is taking your car there and not to the person down the street because it's convenient. Like that's the difference. You can have wisdom, you have knowledge without wisdom, but listen, you can't have wisdom without knowledge. Because wisdom is based upon applying what you know. So it's good to know things, but the end goal is not just to know things. The end goal is to apply the things that we know in the right way. One example I came across in, as I was studying this week, is from a, a website uh, called Got Questions. And they, it's a website where you can ask uh, just biblical questions, like what is wisdom? And it gives a lot of examples and scriptures and stuff like that. And so they give this example that knowledge is knowing how to use a gun. So it's knowing how a gun operates. It's knowing how to load the gun. It's knowing how to shoot the gun. It's knowing how to reload the gun. That's knowledge. But wisdom is knowing when to use it and when to keep it holstered. That's the difference. And Proverbs is not just about getting you to know things. It's about getting you to apply things. Because that's where wisdom resides. It's an application. Listen, you can know and quote a lot about the Bible. But if you don't apply it to your life, you're really missing the wisdom. And what we're going to talk about today is not, this series is not just about knowledge, it's about wisdom. But we need to know certain things. We need to know what God says, but then we need to learn how to apply it. So it's written by Solomon. The purpose of it is to instruct us in how to live our daily life. And the third thing we need to understand about Proverbs is this, is that it's applicable to everyone. Is that it's applicable to everyone. Listen, we never max out on wisdom. 
No matter how old you are, no matter how much experience you have, no matter, you know, what you know, no matter how long you've been a follower of Jesus, you never max out on growing. You never max out on wisdom. The wisest people are the ones that keep learning and keep learning how to apply. That it doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter whether you're a teenager. Doesn't matter whether you're in elementary school. Doesn't matter whether you're in college, whether you're single, whether you're married, whether you're a parent, a grandparent, whether you're retired, you're going to work tomorrow. None of that matters. Proverbs, God's truth and wisdom applies to your life. Look what it says about it, this truth here in verse 4 and 6. It says, These Proverbs will give insight to the simple, knowledge and discernment to the young. Let the wise listen to these Proverbs and become even wiser. Let those with understanding receive guidance by exploring the meaning in the Proverbs and parables, the words of the wise and their riddles. So this series is for everybody. doesn't matter whether you're a follower of Jesus or whether you're not doesn't matter whether you're, you live in Fredericksburg or you're going to be in town for a couple weeks visiting friends and family. Like this series, what God wants to say, it's for you. Because God's wisdom works for everybody. That's the idea we want to, want to explore and we want, to, we want to come to. So as we look, we got to remember these are teachings and sayings written by a wise man named Solomon. Their purpose is to instruct how we live our life, not just knowledge, but more importantly, wisdom and application. And that these apply to everybody at all times, no matter what's going on. And so Proverbs begins by giving those three ideas, and then it moves into sharing one foundational thought. And we want to talk about that for a few minutes, and we'll be done today. It goes into this one foundational thought, this one big idea. This idea that if you want to choose to live wisely, you've got to first begin here. And it says it in verse 7. It says, fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. So this is the foundation. The the book's kind of saying this. The authors are saying this. Listen. If you go no further or before you go any further, you've got to get to this point. You've got to recognize this, that fear of the Lord is the foundation of true knowledge. But fools despise wisdom and discipline. That the most important thing that you need to understand, that I understand, that that we're going to understand, if we're going to choose to live wisely, taking God's truth and what we know and what we learn and apply it to our life, is to understand this. That wisdom begins first with God. Is that wisdom first begins with how we view God, how we view his word, and whether or not we're going to bow down and acknowledge that God is the one who has the wisdom, who has the understanding, who has the knowledge, who has the, the, the insight as creator into how we can best live our life. I love how the message Bible says, shares the same idea in verse 7. It says this, it says, start with God. The first step in learning is bowing down to God. That only fools thumb their noses at such wisdom and learning. So it says, if we're going to choose, if we're going to choose to be people who live wisely, who live according to what, what, what God says is the best way to live, 
If we're going to try that out, if we're going to see, does this wisdom still work? We have to first begin with this idea that God knows best. That God's truth is best. That there's nothing greater than what God says and who God is. And that's kind of our bottom line for today. Write this down. That that wisdom begins when we wisely humble ourselves to someone greater. That wisdom begins when we wisely humble ourselves to someone greater. Now listen, that idea applies to every part of our life. Think about it. If you were to say, all right, I want to learn how to play a guitar. And you said, okay, I need some lessons. And you went to somebody who didn't know how to play the guitar and said, hey, teach me how to play the guitar. Or maybe you went to somebody like Phoebe off of Friends who knew like four chords, right? And you said, okay, play the guitar. And what's your goal? Well, my goal is I want to be the next, you know, who is Stevie Ray Vaughan. I want to be, I'm showing my age here. I want to be the next like, you know, great guitar player, right? And you're like, okay, then you need to go to somebody who knows more than you do about playing the guitar. It would make no sense to go and pay somebody who knows as much as you do or as little as you do and said, hey, make me better, right? If, if you want to, you know, learn how to, you know, say, learn how to play a sport, you want to go to somebody and you want to learn from them, you want to listen from them, you want to you glean wisdom from them because they know more than you do. They have more experience than you do. Students, that's why your parents get so frustrated sometimes. Because they may not know everything, but they know a little bit more than you do. Like I guarantee you, even if it's that much, like they know a little bit more. And when you come to them for advice and you say, hey, what should I do here? And they say, well, here's what I think you should do. And you go, no, I'm going to do something else. Like they get frustrated because they have a little bit more knowledge than you do. A little bit more wisdom. So this idea applies to every area of life. And when it comes to living our life in the greatest way, the best thing we can do is to bow down, to humble ourselves to the one who is the greatest one, the creator of the world, the one who is timeless, God. Now, I thought about the bottom line being this, that that we need to wise up that we don't know everything. We need to wise up that, that we need help. And we need to humbly go before God and say, God, I'm going to trust in what you have to say. See, Solomon says that, that, that true wisdom begins when we step back and we acknowledge that somebody knows more than we do. And if that somebody is greater than us, then let's learn from them. And there's no one greater to learn from than the one who created all things. And you see, the Bible uses this, this idea of there's kind of two people in life. There's the wise person and there's the fool. The wise person is the one who does what this verse says, who wisely humbles themselves, who starts with God, who listens to what God has to say and accepts it, learns from it, and lives it out. But the fool is the one who listens to what God has to say, the person who knows more, the person who's greater at something than we are and says, no, I'll think I'll do it my own way. 
And time and time again throughout the book of Proverbs, we see that the wise person lives the best life. The foolish person lives a lesser life. So if we want to live wise, we'll live wisely. If we want to be a person who lives out this wisdom, we first have to decide, am I willing to listen to what God has to say? To trust that he might know more than I do. And then live out that and see if that wisdom still works. And so here's the takeaway for today. Here's one of the, the questions I want to leave you with. It's really two parts. The first one is this, is where are you looking to find wisdom in your life? Because we're all looking somewhere. We're all looking for somebody or something to help us understand the stuff that we don't feel like we understand very well. So where are you going or who are you going to, to get that wisdom, to get that knowledge, to get that how to apply, how to live your life? And here's the question that's following up. Is that wisdom working? Is, is the place you're going to, whether it's a friend, whether it's, you know, social media, whether it's, you know, this next self-help book, whether it's, you know, um, your own idea and experience, like wherever you're going to look, is that working for you? Like, do you feel like you're getting the best advice? Do you feel like you're living life to the fullest based upon what is being said? Or do you feel like maybe there's something more I can be experiencing? Or maybe you find yourself going from thing to thing and then you embrace that thing. You begin to live out that idea and you find yourself time and time again saying, that didn't turn out like I hoped it would. Or you know what? I feel like I just made the same mistake I made three times before. Or I know that was good, but man, it seems like it could have been better. Here's the challenge for this series. And I want you to, to, to embrace this challenge with me is will you take the next month, next five weeks or so, and will you give God's wisdom a genuine shot in your life? And here's, here's how I want you to do that, how you can make the most of this series. First one is this, is I want to challenge you to read through the book of Proverbs. In, in your worship guide, there's a place here in the middle. It says daily Bible readings. And it gives you readings for this week. Now, we started with daily readings going through Proverbs last week. But what I want to encourage you to do is to take one chapter of Proverbs a day until you get through that. Now, you'll see in here, we gave you five days of daily readings. Well, there's seven days in a week. Why do we give you only five? Because if you're like me, you probably need five or seven days to read five chapters. This is the way it is, right? This is to be honest. Stuff's busy, kids are out of school, like things are happening. So, but I want you to journey along with me. I want you to take a chapter a day. So maybe you're kind of like, well, man, I'm already like a week behind. Just jump on it today, get caught up, find a translation of the Bible that's easy to read, right? If you have like this old Bible and you can't understand it, talk to us. We'll give you one that you can understand, right? It's kind of written in, in words that make sense to you and me. There's nothing wrong with that, okay? And then when you read that, Take a minute when you're done to ask two questions. The first one is this. Ask, what is God saying to me? I think you should ask this every time you read the Bible. What is God saying to me? And here, here's basically that idea. Is out of everything I just read, what jumps out? What's like the one big idea? The one verse? The, the one statement? The one phrase? Like that one thing where as you're reading it, you're going, 
okay, that was, that was for me. And then ask the second question. What's God saying to me? And then what am I going to do about it? Because see, what God is saying to me is knowledge. What I'm going to do about it is where wisdom comes in. And get very specific. If God says there's something wrong in how you're viewing your finances, well, how am I going to do something different with that? If the relationship you're currently in, you're looking at that and you're going, I'm not sure that's the best thing for me. Okay, what am I going to do about that according to God's word? I've got a decision to make. Well, God says that this is the best way to kind of live. Okay, what am I going to do about that? And be very specific about it. So I want you to read scripture. I want you to ask those two questions. And the third thing is this, is join me by, by just praying to God. Now, this is where, honestly, some people are kind of like, okay, I got the first two. The praying thing, it gets a little weird, right? I can't stay focused. Like, is God even listening? I'm not sure I know the right words. Listen, prayer is simply talking to God. It's you talking to a perfect father as a, as, as a, as a kid. So when my, when my kids come up to me, hopefully they don't feel like they have to do this, that they have to like put on this performance to get me to listen to them. And if they use the wrong words, I'm going to shut them down. Or if they don't say it the right way, I'm going to turn away from them. That's not how God works. As, as, as my kids come up and they ask me anything, even if it makes me mad because I already told them like four times no, right? Why? Because I'm their dad. God is a perfect father to us. And maybe your father wasn't perfect. Guess what? No father is but God is. And just talk to God about what's going on in your life and about what he's showing you. And here's the thing. If you'll take this journey with me, here's where I hope we'll end up here in several weeks, is that we'll have a renewed confidence in the truth that God's wisdom does still work. That when we take what God says, we learn it, we live it out, it actually leads us to a better life. But that decision's only going to happen, that, that thing's only going to come if we make the decision to say, all right, I'm willing to jump in. I'm willing to try this. And I believe that if we do, some of the things that we want to work in our life, we're going to have more insight on. Some of the questions we're struggling with, God's going to begin to show us over time the answers Some of the things that we're wanting to accomplish, we're going to be able to see more and more how God can help us accomplish the things that are best for our life. And we'll learn more and more maybe the things that we want God to do that he's not going to do are actually because those things aren't good for us. And God's going to use this time to maybe change how we approach our entire relationship with him because we're learning how to be wise. All right, let's pray together. Father God, I come to you this morning and, and, and just as we, we talk just very openly and very plainly today. God, I believe this, that you want for us, uh, God, what is best. God, you want for us truth. And, and as your word says to us in, in, in the book of James, that, that if we lack wisdom, God, we can ask you for it. And, and you say that you'll give it to us. And you don't make us feel bad because we didn't know it already. But God, you allow us to to grow and you want to share with us your truth. But God, the question is, is are we willing to open up our heart and mind to what you and, and your spirit wants to do in our life? God, will we make a commitment to really learn and, and 
and grow in our knowledge of what your word says. Will we ask God how you want us to apply it to our life and, 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 and make some decisions? And then through your strength in us, God, God, will you just help us? Guys, we take this time this morning. We're going to sing this song to you. And we're going to invite you and your spirit to, to come and to work in our life. And, and during this time, God, my, my prayer is that we would respond in maybe a couple different ways. One is that, is that maybe it's right where we are. We would make the commitment that we're going to take the challenge to learn about wisdom and to live more wisely. Maybe we need to come to the front and just pray because there are areas in our life that we know we're struggling with and we just want you to ask your help. I'm going to ask our prayer team to be available on the sides. Maybe you need to go to the prayer team and just say, would you just pray for me? I need you to pray about this situation. However God's leading us to respond, God, we want you to lead us. We want you to work in our life. And so God, we give this time to you. In Jesus' name, amen. We stand and sing.